John Elway got Drew Locke all of the help he needs in this 2020 NFL draft, and he did it all from inside of his home. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Michael OJ Mudia, Lloyd Cushenberry, those are the highlights of this draft. Those are the highlights. You want to talk about an absolute steal at number 15, Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. The first time John Elway has ever drafted anybody out of Alabama. Also, you want to go to a national champion in Lloyd Cushenberry III, center from Louisiana State University, round three, pick number 83. Absolute steal. Possibly the best center in the draft this year. Got a really interesting podcast, a really loaded podcast today for you guys. I got Carter Bush and I, we were able to sit down and talk about the draft. I got that coming for you up um, up here pretty soon. Um, gosh, this, this 2020 NFL draft was was loaded with a lot of talent. From, from Joe Burrow going number one overall to the 60-plus um, people that were taken in this NFL draft um, out of the SEC. And then we also got all of the, the, the wide receivers. This is probably this, the most stacked wide receiver class that, that I've ever seen. It, it was a great draft from top to bottom. And, and John Elway, this has to be his best draft that he's ever had. I said, if you've listened to this podcast previously, I've said it before and I'm going to continue to say it, is that John Elway is improving as a drafter. The, the, the last three drafts that John Elway has had where he takes um, Cortland Sutton and, and where he takes um, Drew Locke, Dalton Risner, and now he takes he takes Jerry Judy and, and KJ Hamler, who plays the waiting game and, and, and waits for Jerry Judy at number 15. You want to talk about a great move by not making a move. That was the best move that, that John Elway could make was not making a move to get Jerry Judy, to not move up, to not trade back. He was able to stand pat and and really get the guy that he wanted on his 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 big draft board at number 15. Just overall great, great draft from John Elway. Um, were there a, a, a couple questionable picks here and there? Yes, but overall, you just look at, at top to bottom in in this draft class. I mean, gosh, it, it's impressive. It really is impressive. I mean, and even all the way down to your last pick in seventh round, number two fifty four, Derek Tuska from the linebacker from North Dakota State. That's, that's another great pick. You know, very good flyer pick. Very low risk, high reward. Um, you know, he he dominated the FCS. He dominated. Um, dominated for three seasons and he really showed out last season you'll, you'll listen to carter bush say later on in this podcast saying that that north dakota state university is the alabama of the fcs and i could not agree more all right it was a great pick great pick for Derek tuska to get drafted 254 i mean three wide receivers that 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 john elway takes in this um class and and really john elway focuses on on one thing it seems like in this entire draft and that's speed all right, Jerry Judy fast, KJ Hamler uh, freaky fast, and even if you want to go to go to the tight end um, out of Missouri that we got Albert, I'm not even going to try to say his last name. Um, Drew Locke's former te- teammate at Missouri. All right, that dude's fast. He's a freak of an athlete. Right, this entire draft was built around Drew Locke. John Elway is giving Drew Locke all the tools that he needs to succeed. Um, in, in a moment, you're going to listen to Carter Bush and I'd be able to talk about um, this draft. We're going to break down. As all of them and nearly as many as, as we can and, 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 and tell you some stats, tell you some stories and, and tell you what we think about them from, from top to bottom. We did our research and, and we were just very excited to share this with you guys from, from top to bottom. I really cannot complain about this draft. Um, you're going to, you're going to hear me give my draft grade. You're going to hear Carter give his draft grade. Um, overall, just a, a little preview. I think we had drafted maybe one too many wide receivers and one too few um, offensive tackles, but it is what it is. 
I'm very impressed with 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 the picks that we got. I mean, um, the the steal of the draft again, Lloyd Cushenberry the third center out of LSU. I thought he, he could have been the best center in the draft. He he may be the best center in the draft. And, and I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. You're going to listen to me say it again later on in this podcast too, is that that Drew Locke and Lloyd Cushenberry have the potential to be the same kind of duo that, that Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday had, all right, where they, they, they play almost their entire careers together, hopefully with one team, and, and they, they, they win a Super Bowl. They... they um, have this camaraderie. When you think of Peyton Manning, you think of Jeff, Jeff Saturday snapping the ball to him. When you think of Drew Locke, I'm hoping you could think of Lloyd Cushenberry III snapping him the ball. All right, and and, and it goes beyond that because now you got you got Lloyd Cushenberry III and and Dalton Risner um, right next to each other, and then you got Graham Glasgow on the other side. All right, you and then Drew Locke under center, and then you got Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay running the ball, and not to mention Drew Drew Locke throwing the ball to these great wide receivers in Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and KJ Hamler, and Noah Fant. It doesn't get better than this. This is a, this is a great young core that John Elway has built in this draft, and and the Broncos are they they have to be feeling like they are one of the top three teams as a result of this draft. Not top three teams in the, in the NFL, just top three teams um, from from the the players that they got in this draft. They should be feeling really good about themselves in after this draft and who they got and. And the fact that they didn't have to make any major moves to get the guys that they wanted to get. All right. Drew Locke, 23 years old. Corlin Sutton, 24 years old. Jerry Judy, 21. He just turned 21 years old yesterday. KJ Hamler, he's not even 21 yet. He's The kid's 20 years old. I'm 21 years old recording a podcast. KJ Hamler's not even 21 years old. And he's getting drafted by the, by the Denver Broncos in the second round. Noah Fant, 22 years old. Dalton Risner, 25 years old. Lloyd Cushenberry the third, 22 years old. All right, we've got a great young core that we are building around right now. Drew Locke and and John Elway won this draft, 100% without a doubt. They won this draft with the guys that they were able to get. Um, gosh, J- Jerry Judy, just just real quick. I mean, I, I said it on the podcast, and, I, and I'm, you're gonna hear me say it again right now. He's outstanding. He's really good at making guys miss. All right, he he. Can he cut on a dime? No. He can cut on a nickel and he'll bring you back five pennies. All right. 159 receptions, 2,700 yards, 17 yards as an average for 26 touchdowns. All right. At Alabama. This is the first time that John Elway has drafted anybody from Alabama. Really, really great to see um, see Jerry Judy in wearing number 10 for the Denver Broncos. Wiry frame, um, a running power, just dynamic ability to in, in the open field. Track tracks balls well um, in the air, makes it makes plays. When I see Jerry Judy playing at Alabama, I think of of AJ Green of the Cincinnati Bengals, and AJ Green has had a terrific career. Um, had a few few setbacks with injuries, but he's had a terrific career. And if Jerry Judy can be anything like that, that's going to be great for him. All right, another KJ Hamler. All right, he he's a poor man's Tyree Kill. Really great to see this. He he is the the kick returner, the punt returner of the future for the for the Denver Broncos. We will not have any fumbles. Hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping I don't have to have a cold take there where somebody pulls us up in November. All right, I'm really hoping he has no fumbles. All right, there's a story. KJ Hamler is so fast. He ran 22 miles per hour at Penn State in pads holding a football. All right, this kid is freaky fast. All right, kid is freaky fast. A uh, uh, hundred and seventy-six pounds, five nine. He's literally like an inch and a half taller than me, and and 
what, 30 pounds heavier than me? 25 pounds heavier than me? So he's a small kid, all right? 20 years old, but still was able to get it done at Penn State. 98 receptions, almost 1,700 yards. Same thing, 17 yards per catch and 13 touchdowns in two years, all right? This Broncos team is committing to a direction of this Pat Shermer offense. They are 100% committed to Drew Locke, and they are 100% committed to competing with the Kansas City Chiefs this year, all right? 100%. We are ready. Lloyd Cushenberry III, center from LSU. I said it. He could be the best center in the draft. All right? Center for a national championship team with LSU and was snapping the ball to the best quarterback to ever play a season in college football. And Joe Burrow, all right? Very strong. Helps spearhead that protection for the Broncos offensive line. All of a sudden, this offensive line has a direction. They have a they, they have a goal. They have a, a strength. They have power. They have um, talent for the first time in a long time. The interior of this offensive line is going to be what keeps Drew Locke safe this entire season. This has got to be in the conversation for the best rated pick. All right, I said it. I'm going to say it again. Drew Locke, Lloyd Cushenberry is a duo like Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday. All the other picks that we had, I mean, just overall, just great. I'm, this John Elway had the best draft of his tenure with the Denver Broncos over these last three days. All right. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Carter Bush into this podcast, and, and we're going to talk about Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, um, Michael OJ Mudia, Lloyd Cushenberry, McTalvin Aguin, Albert Aquagubba, I don't even know, the, the Drew Locke's teammate at Mizzou. We're going to talk about Justin Starnad. We're going to talk about Natan Moody. We're going to talk about Tyree Cleveland, and we're going to talk about Derek Tuska from North Dakota State. So without further ado, here's Carter Bush and I. Carter, thanks for joining the Game 7 podcast again. Great to have you yeah. back on the show. Actually, I don't think you've been a guest on the show just yet. Yeah, this is my first time. Thank you for having me. M- making excited his, to be here. Making his debut back, man. Broncos had a great draft this weekend. Um, John Elway, he's been notorious for trading up in the draft and, or at least making some sort of move um, as he, he, he gained or he sees more value in the, the quantity of picks as opposed to the quality. Um, as he, he tends to move back and tends to take more draft picks like that as opposed to drafting high. Um, this draft, we saw him stay put at 15, and we saw our guy, Jerry Judy, fall to us at 15. So before we get into to breaking down all these picks here, I want to just talk about pretty much everybody that we drafted. I want to just go through it real quick. Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama, was our first pick. Second pick, we took K.J. Hamler, wide receiver from Penn State. Um, next was... Michael O.J. Mudia, cornerback out of Iowa. Really interesting pick right there, um, I thought. Pick number three was Lloyd Cushenberry, the third center out of LSU. Got to be the still of the draft. Just has to be the, the um, most value pick that you can get at number 83. Um, next, we took McTalvin, again, at a defensive tackle. Um, and then I know I'm going to butcher this name here. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of these names that i feel like i've been butchering all day yeah i know i know i'm gonna be butchering them all this entire podcast here albert akugubnam i think i've i, I know i messed that up but that was <laughs> Drew right, we'll, we'll learn it eventually yeah eventually hey i don't know how they're gonna fit that on the back of his jersey man i really don't know <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a good um, one to see but Albert Titan in Missouri, Drew Locke reunites with him. Going to be great to see that. Next, he took Justin Strong um, out of a linebacker out of Wake Forest. Uh, Natane Moody, 
guard out of Fresno State, really versatile player, really saw him play guard and, and tackle um, in his time at Fresno State. Uh, round seven, had two picks, 252 and 254. Tyree Cleveland, wide receiver out of Florida. And uh, Derek Tuzga, linebacker, North Dakota State. There you go. I see the shirt, man. I see the shirt. <laughs> That's Got awesome. Got a rep, man. you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to go to North Dakota, North Dakota this summer, man. North, um, yeah. I've looked into a couple of their programs. They got, they got some good universities out there. So was it – Especially um, on the football side. Yeah, I was going to say because Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State also, if I if I yep. correct, right? Yep. Huh. Awesome. Awesome. Um, that, that's just a very good flyer pick. Low risk, high reward. Um, dominated mm-hmm. the FCS for three seasons. Really showed out last season. Um, again, it, it's a seventh-round flyer on the best pass rusher in the FCS. It's not too shabby. So let's break down our first pick, number 15, Jerry Judy, wide receiver out of Alabama. Roll Tide. I'm excited for this pick. Carter, what were your initial thoughts when you saw that Jerry Judy fell to number 15? Um, honestly, I was pretty pretty shocked that he was even there at 15. Um, just looking at the mock drafts and everything going into the draft, I didn't think there was any way that Jerry Judy would fall all the way down to us. And obviously, like you were saying earlier, I'm glad that John Elway decided to stay and keep, on, keep that 15 pick. Um, I think it was smart to move back last year. We got a couple of good guys, but this year I think you have to stay and take the best player available. And obviously Jerry Judy was the best guy available. Oh yeah, definitely the best guy available at number 15 overall. Um, we talked about it just, just off the, off the record a couple minutes ago was that Jerry Judy's got drafted number 15 overall. The last time a Denver team took some, somebody number 15 that fell in the draft was Michael Porter Jr. I think Jerry Judy's in pretty good company right there. Um, I agree. Alongside. Um, I saw that uh, Jerry Judy's going to wear number 10. Yeah, I, I have that Sanders? written down as well. I, I do. I think – and another thing that I feel was great about getting Jerry Judy there is he's extremely gifted out of the slot, which is something that we haven't had since Emmanuel Sanders left. Uh, obviously, oh, yeah. we had Deshaun Hamilton kind of filling his, in as the second receiver last year, but I think you can't beat having an Alabama product coming in and he's going to be a starter right off the bat. And I don't think there's any – there's not a whole lot of downside to this pick. There, there is pretty much zero downside of this pick. He, he is outstanding, and he's really good at making guys miss. Um, can he cut on a dime? No. He can cut on a nickel, and he'll bring you back five pennies. That's how good Jerry Judy is. <laughs> <laughs> um, in his time at, at Alabama, 159 receptions, 2,700 yards, average 17 per catch, and uh, <clears throat> 26 touchdowns. Great stat line for Jerry Judy right there coming out of Bama. Honestly, um, it, it's, a, it's a great pick. I'm really happy that he fell to us at number 15. Great pick. Yeah, I agree. And, and one thing that you didn't mention was I'm pretty sure if I read the stats correctly, he didn't miss a single game. He only played six his freshman season, but the other two he filled the – he played every single game, every single snap. So clearly we're getting a guy who hasn't had to worry about injuries or anything too much during his career. Um, and he's very talented. Um, he's got great hands. It'll be really nice to see him working out with Drew Locke. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he's necessarily an, an overpowering wide receiver. Um, he is willing to engage. He is willing to chase down defenders when, when, um, when others have the, have the football. But he is very good at the, the run-after catchability, and he is so just dynamic in the open field. You love to see that, especially mm. in, in, in this type of offense. The, um, Drew Locke is absolutely going to love targeting Jerry Judy across the middle of the field. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is Jerry Judy is the best route runner in the draft of any position. He's the best at running his routes and it's going to be really good to see once he learns that playbook. And I obviously saw that Drew Locke was already trying to get in touch with him, already trying to work on the playbook with him. So I'm excited to see once he gets a hold of it, he's going to be really good here. Yeah. And, and the, the best thing about Jerry Judy coming out of Alabama is that that offense is just so powerful. Um, his, his wiry frame and, and just, just the full gauntlet of routes that, that Nick Saban runs in that program, it, it really, really gives him a, a variety of offenses that he's ran, a, a variety of philosophies that he's seen with Nick Saban, a variety of coaches. It's, it's just really great to see uh, that Jerry Judy's going to fit in perfect with this Denver Broncos offense. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a perfect fit for both him and for our offense. Obviously, with Pat Shermer as the new offensive coordinator, I think he'll have plenty of uses for Jerry Judy. Yeah, I saw some comparisons of, of Jerry Judy to, like, Stephon Diggs, but the, the first comparison that I thought of um, when, I'm, when I'm looking at Jerry Judy is I, I think of, you know, he, he is reminiscent of, of A.J. Green of the Cincinnati Bengals. It, again, his, mm. his wiry frame, his, his route-running pr- um, – uh, powers that he like you said he's the best route runner in this draft yeah right? he's dynamic all the way in the open field um ability to track the ball just everything um everything about his his, his um wide receiver abilities is reminiscent of aj green and that's just to me yeah i, I agree 100 percent with that comparison uh, another thing that is just beautiful about his game is his ability to catch the short passes and just bust them loose so yeah. I'm excited to see. Obviously, the Broncos in the past have run plenty of screenplays. I don't know if he'll necessarily be as much of a screenplay as the next guy they drafted, but I definitely think there will be some plays in the playbook where Jerry, Jerry Judy can get short passes and take him 20-plus yards. Definitely. You said the next guy that we drafted. Pick, round number two, pick number 46, we got K.J. Hamler, wide receiver out of Penn State. Again, they land Jerry Judy. And then we get what we want out of Henry Ruggs III in K.J. Hamler, his, his absolute game-changing speed. Um, what are your thoughts yeah. on, on uh, K.J. Hamler? Well, as far as K.J. Hamler goes, what I wrote down the first time that I saw him, as far as his name pop up on the draft board, I wrote down speed, speed, and more speed. He ran a 4-2-7-40 in the combine. Or he didn't run in the combine, but he ran at Penn State. So they have his time measured at 4-2-7, which is – that's wild. I'm excited to see him as far as uh, running screen plays and all sorts of stuff like that, a quick guy. And he can also play all sorts of punt slash kick return and special teams as well. Definitely. Um, this, this is a, a poor man's Tyreek Hill. All right. You, you, you put KJ Hamler on the outside and you just, you just send him on a go route pretty much every single time. Just let him beat somebody in, in, in <laughs> let him beat somebody. Drew Locke, throw the bomb, get it the ball downfield and, and let KJ Hamler, um, break free. That is, yep. I, this offense is is set up to succeed this year for Drew Locke. This offense is going to absolutely um, be a a handful, a headache for all these defensive coordinators. That's true. I definitely think I appreciate what John Elway was trying to do in this draft, as far as continuing to build around those pieces we have on offense and just continually, continually like building for Drew Locke's future, kind of getting him the pieces that he needs to be successful. 
The only concern I have with this pick, and it isn't with KJ Hamler, it's just uh, I like. I think there was a few other options we could have gone with in the second round as far as defense, um, but I think they didn't make a bad decision here. I think that he's going to prove them right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, earlier, you said that KJ Hamler ran a, a four point two seven forty at Penn State. Get this at, yep. at Penn State, they they um, dressed him up in full pads, put a ball in his hands, they told him to run as fast as he could. He ran 22 miles per hour with pads and a football in his hand. 22 miles per hour. If that does not say Tyreek Hill written all over it, I don't know what does. I don't think um, it does. I think it says KJ Hamler written all over it. I think, uh, I think he's going to be something special. Definitely. He's gonna, he, he, he's, they, they talked about the entire time when he was drafted was that he's an underdog. He has this underdog mentality. Um, lost his two childhood best friends. And so that's what kind of motivates him in, in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's a smaller guy. And, and you talked about a little bit of your concern there. Um, my biggest concern is that, that he's like, I said, he's like Tyree kill. He needs to put on some weight. He, uh, mm-hmm. KJ Hamler is five, nine, 176 pounds. Put in perspective. Yep. I'm literally like five, eight, 150 pounds. All right. So <laughs> the, dude, the dude's an inch taller and 25 pounds heavier than me. All right. Um, I want. Yeah. I want to see him at about. I want to see him at about one ninety, um, one ninety two. I think that is a pretty good, good, um, good calling for him. Put it in perspective, Tyree kills currently one hundred eighty five pounds. So to see uh, Henry Ruggs at at one ninety, that would be really good. Yeah, I think it'd be really good to see him just put on a little bit more muscle, and he'll get that by working with the coaching staff and the strength coaches and everything that the Broncos have to offer. Um, one thing that obviously the coaches can help him work on, he is known to drop the drop some passes. Um, but I mean, he's also known for big plays. There's a highlight of his in at Penn state where he just runs right past the defense and he's running so fast. He has to stop before catching the ball and running into the, uh, (laughs) running into the goalpost. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it is, he's pretty quick. So. I, I think I must have missed that one there. Um, there is a little bit of injury history from, from K.J. Hamler. He uh, tore his ACL missed his first year of college football. And as we all know, the Broncos have had issues with ACL guys. I mean, you look at Bradley Chubb, who just tore his ACL last year, uh, Jake Butt, um, Jake Hireman. The Broncos have issues with ACL, so I'm really hoping that, he, uh, that K.J. Hamler is able to stay healthy. But despite missing his freshman year of college, still put up 98 receptions, 1,600 yards. Um, just like uh, just like Jerry Judy had had almost 17 yards per catch and uh, he 13 touchdowns in two years. So really great stat line for for KJ Hamler. Like uh, again, I can't yeah. wait to see him. Um, the, this Broncos team in this draft, this Broncos team and John Elway committed to a direction of of a a Pat Shermer air it out offense. Um, they are mm-hmm. 100% committed to Drew Locke and they are 100% to to um, committed to committing or to competing with the the Kansas City Chiefs. If for some reason mm-hmm. Drew Locke doesn't pan out this season or, or in the next two seasons, this this is still an offense that looks attractive to other quarterbacks. This is still yeah. an offense. You know, you're still going to have a KJ Hamler, a Cortland Sutton, a, a Jerry Judy, a, a Noah Fant. You know, you're going to have all these weapons on the offensive side. So if Drew Locke doesn't pan out, and if Aaron Rodgers is looking for a new home next year, you know. <laughs> I think uh, I think we're still in a, a very attractive team for a, a another quarterback or a veteran presence. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. And as far as the coaching staff goes, I think that it's a, it's a group of guys that players will want to play for. Definitely. This is not a team that is going to see its sixth offensive coordinator in six years. This, this is Pat Shermer's offense, and he's here to stay. I agree. Um, so our, our next pick is round three, pick number 77. Cornerback out of Iowa. My grandparents are going to love this because they're from <clears throat> they're Hawkeyes fans. Um, Michael O.J. Mudia. What are your initial thoughts on this? Well, I think he's a talented kid. Um, as far as where he got picked, I think it might have been a little bit of a reach for the Broncos. I think there were a few ta- more talented players coming in. But that being said, I think he is – he has the potential to be a great player for us. And um, I'm excited to see – how he kind of develops into his role. Uh, as far as the, his first season with us goes, I might compare it to maybe like Isaac e. Adams' first season with the Broncos, mm. where he got burned quite a few times. But he's obviously gonna he's gonna work hard. He's a good kid, and he's gonna figure out what he needs to work on and how to get back or how to uh, develop a little bit more into a quality cornerback for us. Definitely, I looked at um, uh, some people's draft boards and see where they had, had Michael O.J. Mudia. Had him. A lot of people had him at at, at the fifth round, um, but it sounds like the combine really helped him move up in the draft. Really helped him increase his stock. Um, mm. I, I don't see Michael O.J. Moody as as a Chris Harris Jr. lockdown type of cornerback. I see him as as more of a depth guy. He's a special teams guy. Um, yep. I think you know John Elway probably pulled the trigger on on this pick a little too soon, um, but nonetheless, I mean it's a smart kid. He can play on the boundary. He can play in the field. Um, the Broncos don't necessarily need him to be a, a lockdown cornerback. Um, the Broncos play a, a solid defense in which you know, they don't need a, a lockdown cornerback to, that they needed to trade up for. They don't need a lockdown cornerback that they need to say, hey, you need to put the cuffs on this guy and, and this guy every single week. Um, that's, that, that's partially what we have A.J. Bouye for. Um, but O.J. Moody is not that, kinda, that, not that type of quarterback anyways. Um, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a great zone defensive cornerback and and um although i think we took him a little bit too high i think this is the draft that um the theme of this draft was uh, across all 32 nfl teams was taking guys that are um more in their style of play you're not taking many risks in this draft given that they haven't had a chance to sit down with every single one of these guys and um and really get to know them and really break them down you know um i think i i I, I think it's a good pick, but again, I just think it's it's a little too high for for OJ Mudia to be going number seventy seven in the third round. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it was just a little bit too high. He's a good kid, and he's going to fit well in Vic Fangio's defensive schemes. Uh, he's just he's just an unfinished product, and I think hopefully working with our defensive coordinators, working with Vince Vince Fan, Vic Fangio, just working with the Broncos defensive coaches, I think. I think it'll help him turn into more of a more of the player we're kind of looking for. And like you were saying, he doesn't need to be a star. He just needs to be able to do his do his job. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was looking back at some of the film there um, of what he played. You look back at a play against USC. He had an opportunity to make a game changing pick six and dropped it. It was just a step late. Um, needs to be uh, in the NFL. He needs to be assertive and he needs to trust himself and, and trust what he sees instead of and. Um, instead of waiting for something to happen and then going and then reacting, he mm-hmm. needs to be proactive instead of reacting. And I sit here and I say this as I'm on a podcast and he's the one that just got drafted, uh, <laughs> number 77 overall. But I mean, 
again, the, 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 the film doesn't lie. Um, needs to be assertive and he needs to really trust, trust his eyes and, and trust his, his instincts as a cornerback yeah. for the Denver Broncos football team. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. I mean, he's a he's a good player. He has six pick six interceptions in the past two seasons. So I think maybe it could have been seven, but you know what, it wasn't. And maybe maybe he'll get that one for the Broncos this season. Yeah, let, let's hope his first one of the Broncos comes week one. Well, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing a pick six against Tom Brady when he visits Denver. Also, um, either way, I know my grandparents are pretty happy to see cornerback out of Iowa, Michael O.J. Mudia, round three, pick number 77, come to the Denver Broncos. Really special, um, really exciting to see what he's going to do on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, we took a, no, we took a pick six, um, just six picks later, we got a national champion at number 83, Lloyd Cushenberry III, center out of Louisiana State University. Give me your initial thoughts because I know you're excited about this one as I, as I am. Well, I, I I really love this LSU team this year and all parts of it. Obviously, they have a great draft as far as LSU goes. As far as the SEC goes, they ended up having 63 players drafted, wow. just one shy of the record last year that they set. Um, he's, a, he's a good kid. He's started at LSU for over two years, so you're getting a guy who's played at the highest, highest level of college football for multiple seasons. Um, he's, he's got excellent mobility. He's a big guy. Um, he's, he's pretty good with pass protection, but I think he needs a little bit more work with, um, like the bull rushing and, uh, definitely people coming up the middle, which I think as far as in practice going up against Jarrell Casey and the rest of the Broncos defensive linemen and edge rusher, uh, edge rushers will definitely help him kind of hone those skills a little bit more and become even better at what he does. Definitely, definitely. This pick really shores up the interior of the offensive line. Um, he, he is very, very strong, and he really does help spearhead that protection alongside Dalton Risner. Um, like you said, he was the center for a national championship team in LSU and Joe Burrow, right? There is yep. – to, to enter the NFL and, and not only be on a, a starter on a national – um, championship winning team, but to be a, a center on a national championship team that is considered arguably the greatest college football team ever assembled, and to be a starting center on that, where in which you touch the ball every single play and you're handing the ball or you're snapping the ball to to arguably the Joe Burrow, who, who had the best season ever for a college um, quarterback. I mean, you, there's no greater experience than that at the collegiate level to prepare you for the NFL. And, and like you said, yeah. um, like you said, he played over two years in the SEC at the highest level of competition in collegiate football. <clears throat> oh, I thought I was going to seize there for a second. <laughs> um, the, the, this has to be in the conversation for the, the best rated pick. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. This is one of, if not for the entire draft for the Broncos, at least, this is definitely either their top one of their top two picks as far as um quality of where they're picking the guy and the guy that they're getting um another good thing about where we're picking him he's a center we just signed Graham Glasgow he's a guard but he can also play center so it's not necessarily putting that much pressure on him to be the starter this year if he's not ready we have Glasgow and who can play center if, if needed 
Yeah, definitely. Um, th this is a pick that I even would have liked at, at 46 where we took, um, <clears throat> where we took KJ Hamlin, but ultimately yeah. Lloyd Cushenberry fell to number 83 and fell right into John Elway's hands. Um, yep. So, so this is Lloyd Cushenberry the third and Drew Locke is going to be a, a absolute great combination to see hopefully for the next 10 years, at least. I, I really yeah. see this being a, a Peyton Manning, Jeff Saturday type duo where they play together for almost the entirety of their careers. Hopefully it's all in Denver. You would love to see it all in Denver. Yeah, um, sounds perfect but, to me. But I, Drew Locke and Lloyd Cushenberry, the two names go hand in hand, I think. And, and I'm really excited to see um, exactly where they're going to be at, at the end of next season and how well they progress together. Um, you mentioned this this interior offensive line and just the the uh, flexibility of them. You you look at it, it's a great L shape that we have going on inside that 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 um, offensive line. You got uh, <clears throat> you got Dalton Risner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Graham Glasgow, and then you got Drew Locke as a quarterback. I don't yeah. think it, I don't think it gets much better than that for Broncos fans. Yeah, I think I think they're set up as far as the interior offensive line goes and. You know, maybe who knows what we'll need. I mean, maybe like the tackles maybe need some work. But I think as far as the offensive line goes, getting Cushenberry to be right in the middle of it, he's going to end up being a starter. Maybe not this year, but eventually he will be the starter for the Broncos. And I think he'll be really good. Definitely. Definitely. You mentioned the tackles need a little bit of help. Garrett Bowles and Jawan James on, on the outside of that. Those are the expected starters. At least that's what I've got. I've got down for my little death chart. Um, is that you got Juwan James at right tackle, Garrett Bowles at left tackle. Let's just hope he um, he can find a way to hold himself there, or maybe not hold himself there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but either way, Lloyd Cushion <clears throat> Lloyd Cushenberry the third center out of LSU, great pick at number eighty three in the third round. Yep. You have any final thoughts on Cushenberry? Um, I mean he's a, he's a big guy, so I think just getting that extra work in the in the Denver Broncos weight room getting a little bit stronger he there's there's nowhere to go but up for him definitely national champion out of LSU with Joe Burrow hopefully we see him as a Super Bowl champion with Drew Locke um we had another third round pick we had three three guys that we took in the third round the last one came at number 95 McTelvin again defensive tackle out of Oklahoma I I was honestly a little shocked to see that we took a defensive tackle in the third round I thought there was I thought we could have taken a tackle there um but we ended up uh, I get it I really I get it that we we took McTelvin um out of Oklahoma boomer sooner but um yeah just, just tell me your initial Oklahoma. thoughts yeah tell, <laughs> tell me your thoughts um well I think he's another guy that has like good size good strength he's good at getting off the ball real quick um He's able to make he's he's been able to get through the line very easily and make plays in the backfield at Arkansas. Um, he's talented at playing the run. He needs a little bit more work on both run and especially the pass defense. So I think definitely getting to the NFL level will kind of see him start learning how to play at an NFL level as far as those two. But he has the the skill to do it, and I think he, he once he learns a little bit more a little bit more used to the Broncos scheme I think he'll be a very good piece of this defense I hope so man I hope so um I, I really don't have too much on him 
other than I got his first step quickness, flexibility, and urgency is perfect for a penetration style role in an, um, in an even front defense. So I hope he's a good fit for this Broncos, Denver Broncos defense. Um, I mean, I guess he's got a lot of help back on that, that, that Broncos defense. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely got some people to kind of show him what to do coming into the Broncos defense as any of any of these defensive players are going to learn, especially any of the past rushers, they're going to be learning from the best. So I, I don't think there's anything that we need to worry about as far as him figuring out what he needs to do to get better. And this guy's got six, at least six different moves he can use to get into the backfield. Not many players are coming into the NFL, especially not in the third round with that many moves. Definitely. He, he is far from maxed out as a, as a defensive tackle, um, but he's still a high-end developmental prospect. Um, and I'm very excited to see him alongside Vaughn Miller and Bradley, Bradley Chubb on, in this Denver Broncos defense. I agree. And then one last thing I had to say about him is he never gives up on a play. I've seen plenty yeah. of plays where he's got quarterbacks running, scrambling out of the pocket, and he's still chasing after him. Even if he doesn't get to him, he's not giving up on the play. He's going to fight through to the end. Awesome. You love to see it. You love to see that, that type of mentality, that type of hustle of, of, of never give up, never say quit, never say stop, um, play to the whistle type of mentality. You love to see it. Yeah. Um, round four, pick number 118 to the Denver Broncos. Drew Locke is going to reunite with his teammate back from Mizzou. I know I'm going to mess up this name. <laughs> Here we go. He's a tight end. Albert. Okwugubunam. I think I messed that up. Yeah, you might have. Who knows? We're going to figure it out eventually. So uh, just say what you can for now. Um, he's a big, big and quick tight end. He's six foot six. He's got big hands, long arms, and he's, he's quick too. So it's going to definitely be good to see him get back with Drew Locke and kind of figure that back out again. Obviously, playing with Drew Locke, he was better with Drew Locke there two years ago than he was last year without Drew Locke. So I'm excited to see him reunite with Drew Locke. Definitely. 100%. I think he needs to improve dropping his weight and getting out of his breaks. I think just in the film that I was watching on, on, uh, on ESPN. Um, sometimes he's, he's in a little weird positions when, when he gets down to run blocking, his footwork isn't the best. Um, ultimately his body position needs to fix all of that. But um, to get this guy around four pick number 118 to reunite him with Drew Locke, I think it's a great pick. I agree. And I think he has more potential than he, he showed in his, in this last couple seasons. Um, he's, he's more talented than he always plays with. Um, he's got a lot of room to grow and obviously he has that uh, chemistry with Drew Locke. I think it'll, I think he'll just have nowhere to go but up as well. Definitely. I, I saw he, he has very good tracking ability. Um, when the ball is in the air, also displays good natural hands, rarely allows the ball to get into his frame. I think this is going to be a great pick um, and, and a great guy to see on the other side of Noah Fant. I, and, and hopefully he can stay healthy because Lord knows that we've all, the Denver Broncos have had very, um, a very hard time with tight ends staying healthy for whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason, hopefully all of our tight ends can be healthy this year and we can have a nice uh, competition as far as the the second tight end on the other side of Noah Fant. You know, we have plenty of guys in the in the wings just waiting, uh, trying to stay healthy. Hopefully we can keep some of them healthy this year. Definitely. Um, on to round five, pick number 178, Justin Stranod. I think I said that wrong also. 
Um, linebacker. Um, I Wait. think it's Stranod. I, I've heard Stranod? it said in that way. I think. I'm not 100% sure. Like I was saying, I think we'll figure them all out once once uh, they actually come to Denver and we start to get to know them a little bit more. Definitely. He's a linebacker out of Wake Forest. Um, what, are your, what are your initial thoughts? I saw he's a three, three out of five star. Yeah, um, I think he's a he's a quality player. He was the the defensive captain at Wake Forest, so you yep. know he's he's a good leader. Um, as far as watching his highlights, he's he he just seems like he knows how to play, like he knows where to be looking, where to where the ball's gonna go, and he knows how to get there and make plays. Um, he's got good speed and agility. He's able to change directions quickly. And uh, one other thing, I mean, he's he's decent in staying in coverage with some some wide receivers than most tight ends. He's not one of those linebackers who is just completely lost in coverage. He's going to be able to stay with some of our play, some of the other teams' uh, players, and just keep the ball out of their hands. Definitely, um, I think he's an explosive guy. He stands at six three, two thirty five. Um, he's a redshirt senior this year. Um, I, he he's going to be a, a favorable linebacker. Although in, in 2019 he did have a torn bicep, um, so hopefully he can stay healthy again. I mean, as you kind of get into these these later rounds, I believe this is where you truly um, build your your Super Bowl contending football teams. Um, yep. Because yeah, you get your Jerry Judy and your your KJ Hamler. Those are your game changing guys, right? But but yep. your your guys in rounds four, five, six, and seven. These are the guys that really set that table. For, um, for, for, for stepping up to the plate and, and really um, being more than just a depth guy and being, being yeah. more than just a, just a sixth-round pick or a fifth-round pick. Um, this is, these are, the, these are the, the late picks that, that win you Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. That's definitely right. Um, I kept her in multiple times during the draft. Over 65% of quality teams are made in the last, in the last day of the draft pretty much. So – uh, hopefully he'll definitely be a part of obviously he's a good leader he'll hopefully just continue to be a part of our defense and help build with us and I think as far as his um, ability to learn he's got plenty to learn but he's going to be able to understand what the coaches are telling him and uh, transform himself into a much better player definitely definitely you'd love to see it I'm very excited to see um, Justin Stranod hopefully I can learn how to say his name right one of these days um, in round six and seven, we had three picks. We had 181, Natane Moody, out of, a guard out of Fresno State. Round seven, 252, Tyree Cleveland, another wide receiver out of Florida. And then round seven, 254, just two picks later, we had Derek Tuska, um, linebacker, North Dakota State. Again, I, let me see that shirt again. It says North Dakota State. Yep, there you go. <laughs> uh, which one of these picks your favorite? Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, our sixth-round pick, Natane Muti. He was a guy that he was another captain of Fresno State's team. He's extremely strong. I don't know if you saw, but he had 44 reps uh, at the bench press on the combine. Tied for fourth most all time of any player. So he's a strong dude, extremely strong. His only problem, and probably the only reason that he fell all the way to the sixth round, is he missed significant portions of the last two seasons with injuries. So hopefully getting that NFL – uh, training staff help will hopefully kind of help him stay healthy this year and going forward for the Broncos. 
Yeah, he, he hurt his Achilles back in 2016 and, and then hurt it again in 2018. And then in 2019, had a uh, Lisp Frank. I don't know what that means, but it just says Lisp Frank. I don't know, I don't know where, <laughs> where exactly that is on the body. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go with it off of what I'm reading. <laughs> um, my favorite pick out of these three has to be Derek Tuska, linebacker from North Dakota State. It's a, it's a very good flyer pick late in the seventh round. It's, it's low risk, high reward. Um, yeah. I, I saw people giving him a, a C grade, and I, I think he deserves a higher grade. He, he absolutely dominated the FCS for three seasons at North Dakota State, really showed out last season. Um, a seventh-round flyer on, on one of the best pass rushers in the, the FCS isn't too shabby. We all know great players can come from, come from the FCS, especially from um, North Dakota State. You saw Carson yeah. Wentz, um, Super Bowl champion, coming out of, of, of North Dakota State. And, and I think um, Derek Tuska uh, is, is a great value pick coming out of um, the seventh round, pick number 254. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, a lot of people, when they see guys coming out of NDSU, and they, they had three this year, a couple undrafted, and then Derek Tuska obviously got drafted by the Denver Broncos. Uh, one thing that they always get told is you didn't play against FBS D1 level talent. Um, and that may be true for some portions of the season, but they did play Iowa. They have played all of these FBS teams every single season they do because it's, it's the Alabama of the FCS. So yep. just because he's not a division one player doesn't mean he's not extremely talented. He had 13 and a half sacks last season, helped NDSU win another national title. So I think he's great. He's a little bit of a, he's a little bit lean. He's 6'4", 250. I think he can put on some more muscle uh, at the pro level. But, again, he'll have the best teaching him in Denver. He'll be learning from Von Miller. He'll be learning from Bradley Chubb. He'll be learning from Jarrell Casey. I think there's nowhere to go but up for him. He's one of those players that's a low risk, but he's got a really high ceiling. Yeah, low risk, really high ceiling. I think that – that that is the uh, epitome of, of a late round, um, late draft seventh round pick in in, in Derek Tuska. Um, like you said, he's a, he's a smaller frame. He's only two hundred and forty six pounds. Um, his his forty yard dash was four point seven nine, uh, which comes out to about seventeen miles per hour, a little bit over seventeen miles per hour. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see him come. I'm very excited to see him because yeah. I, like you said the. The FCS players don't truly get enough um, appreciation or, or uh, enough respect for, for the work that they do. You, you said North Dakota State is the Alabama of the FCS, and I couldn't agree more. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many, but it's over seven championships in the past wow. 10 years. Wow. That is, a, that is a dominant, dominant football program up at North Dakota yeah. State. Um, Gosh, I'm just looking at his his uh, uh, his, uh, his stats and his numbers and everything, and I don't know. I'm I'm a very big numbers guy. I I absolutely nerd out on numbers. I believe numbers never lie. Um, I mean, you look at his height seventy, almost seventy seven inches tall. Yep. And that was literally just two weeks ago, and he yep. dropped to two hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, he's he's or I mean, he's going went to... up to two fifty. He's going to add more muscle too, because as soon as you get to that pro level, 
the strength and conditioning just isn't the same. And like we were saying, he's coming from a really, really good program. They have really good strength and conditioning at North Dakota State. It's not like he's coming from a small school. He's coming from a big school. He's, he's, had, the, he's had really good coaching, and he's going to have even better coaching coming to the Denver Broncos. Exactly. It's not like he's coming from, from central Arkansas. You know, he's <laughs> where Scotty Pippen went. <laughs> he, he's coming from North Dakota State University, a big powerhouse D1 school in the FCS. It's going to be great football. And not only great football, but I think the biggest thing about a guy like him is that um, he knows how to win, right? Especially at the collegiate mm-hmm. level. And he not only win, but he knows how to dominate football teams. He knows how to be a dominating uh, linebacker in, um, on, a, on a winning football team, a competitive football team. He plays in meaningful games year round. Um, at North Dakota State, and I'm hoping he could really bring that level of intensity, that, that same level of energy to the Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, and he'll definitely be the kind of guy who's going to be fighting. He'll he'll fight to make this roster no matter what. Uh, I think if he doesn't make the roster, he'll have a spot on the practice squad. Oh, definitely. I, I 100% imagine that that uh, he's going to have a spot on this practice squad if he doesn't make the team. Um, have you heard anything about any of the guys that we've picked up on undrafted free agents because I know that that's a really big buzz going on right now. Um, I have heard a few things. One guy that we, it's not official yet, but uh, I'm just looking at this Denver Broncos undrafted free agent tracker through um, the mile high report on SB nation. But one guy that they have that has reportedly signed with us is going to be the wake forest cornerback. His name's Isong Bassey. Um, he's another one of those guys where I was actually hoping that we'd pick him up in the sixth or seventh round. So I'm extremely happy to see that obviously he didn't get drafted by someone else. He's another one of those cornerbacks who can just, he's physically gifted and he can come in, learn, learn the program and obviously become a better cornerback with the Broncos. Definitely. Definitely. And a name that caught my eye on the undrafted free agents, um, quarterback Riley Neal out of Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. I was I was kind of surprised to see that the Broncos are going after another another quarterback, um, especially an undrafted um, free agent. But um, I mean, I guess what, for whatever it is, John always sees sees value. I knew he he would probably get a lot of flack if he drafted him or drafted any quarterback in this um, <laughs> this year. But nonetheless, yeah. I mean, to go after an undrafted free agent um, again, he's six six, two hundred twenty five pounds, just the type that John Elway likes. He's these big, lengthy, strong quarterbacks that can. Um, that can air the ball out. Um, uh, Riley Neal spent four years at Ball State before he transferred to Vanderbilt for his senior season, or for at least for his for his, um, his fifth season or fifth year um, yeah, senior his season. Senior season. Yeah, so um, it, sh- it should be it should be a, a great competition to see um, Driscoll and um, Riley Neal hopefully compete for being a backup quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I think. Nothing more than just John Elway being a quarterback, seeing what's available and just seeing a guy he likes and he wants to bring in, see what he's got. And who knows, maybe he'll be something one day. Let's hope, let's hope, he, he, let's hope he can make a name for himself. Overall, um, Carter, give me your, your overall grade for this Denver Broncos John Elway draft of 2020. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking maybe a B or a B plus. I think there was a few moves that they could have done a little bit better. Um, but overall, I think it was a really good draft. They filled some positional needs for them. Uh, there's a few spots where maybe they still have some things that need to be worked out. But I think as far as the talent that was available, 
and where they picked up some of these guys. I think they had some good steals. I think they had some really good players that are going to be coming into the organization this coming year. Definitely 100% agree with you right there. Um, I'm going to give this, this draft an, uh, a very solid A-. minus. I think there was one too many wide receivers that we picked up and one too few offensive tackles that we um, could have taken or at least that we missed or we passed on. Um, you know, even, even if I, I get we took Tyree Cleveland wide receiver out of Florida in the seventh round, even if we take a tackle there, I mean, just about anybody has to be better than Garrett Bowles right about now. Um, so, I mean, I, I think if we would have taken a tackle at, at number seven or in round seven, that, that 252 pick, I don't know who, who was left on the board. I mean, I guess everybody that you take in round seven is really just trying to make a name for themselves. Um, yeah. But they're going to work hard, and, and I'm sure Garrett Bowles is going to work hard too. I just hope Garrett Bowles doesn't uh, um, remember how to hold after this uh, pandemic ends. Um, <laughs> I think uh, – uh, but I, I'm going to give it a solid A-. minus. We got some, some great guys that fell to us, and, and John Elway changed his draft philosophy of, of trading – um, back and then trading up or whatever it is, trading for more picks. And he, he stood pat with all of the picks that we had, uh, at least the the, um, the ones that we that we could make great value out of. We got Jerry Judy mm-hmm. coming in at number 15 who fell to us. The, like I said, the last time a Denver team took somebody at number 15, it was Michael Porter Jr. Um, and again, Lloyd Cushenberry to, to play center with, with Drew Locke. I think this is going to be – those are the two names that, that – when, when you think about this Denver Broncos draft in five years, I think you're going to go back to Jerry Judy and Lloyd Cushenberry as far as being um, the, the absolute steel picks of this draft and, and great value for where they were selected, especially Lloyd Cushenberry. I, I wouldn't have been mad if, if the Broncos took him at 46 instead of KJ Hamler, but I'm even happier that he fell to number 83 where we were still able to get him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, obviously, Everyone was saying, and it was clear as far as how many wide receivers were taken throughout the entire draft, that this is one of the best wide receiver drafts of all time. So if that lives up to its hype, I think that we're looking at a, a future Hall of Famer in Jerry Judy. I hope, I hope we're seeing a future Hall of Famer, man. To see, to see Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler all in the same, um, same offense with Cortland Sutton, Drew Locke, Malvin Gordon, Phillip Lindsay. Uh, no offense. Um, did I say Melvin Gordon again? Yeah, can I did. say that name twice? Um, you might as well say it twice. Uh, either way, this is going to be a, a a a great season for this Denver Broncos um, team. At least if everybody can stay healthy on paper, theoretically, this is a solid football team. Yeah, I agree. I think I think this draft was really good for them. I think they got. A lot of the pieces that they that they needed to fill, as I was saying earlier, I think they have some people that are going to work hard and they're going to become even better players than they are at the moment. Definitely, I really, I really hope so, man. I really hope so. the The oldest player on this um, starting offense, uh, theoretically the starting offense, would be Garrett Bowles at 28 years old. Yep. The oldest player, 28 years old, which, on which is ridiculous because he was drafted what three seasons ago. Yep, he, uh, Garrett Bowles drafted first round number 20 in 2017, I, bu- I believe. Oh, excuse me. Um, the youngest guy on this Denver Broncos starting offense would be K.J. Hamler, who is not even 21 years old yet. Can't even celebrate. 
Yeah, I know. He can't even celebrate, man. Isn't that crazy? You know, I, I'm 21 years old recording a podcast. KJ Hamler's 20 years old getting drafted by the Denver Broncos in the NFL draft in the second round. <laughs> but uh, congratulations to everyone who was drafted. I mean, it's pretty awesome. Obviously, we're excited to see every one of these players in a Broncos uniform. Um, there was one also thing, one other thing I wanted to point out to you. We, it does look like supposedly they have signed a an offensive tackle by the name of Hunter Watts from Central Arkansas. So we'll bring you oh. full circle to Scotty Pippen there. Oh no way! I I, uh, I think I spoke it into existence. That, yeah, I'm going to take credit did. for that one All because right. I mentioned Central Arkansas <laughs> earlier in this podcast with Scotty Pippen, and I mentioned that just about anybody would be better at tackle than <laughs> Garrett Bowles. So uh, so maybe that'll work out for you. John Elway's ears must have been ringing when I said it. Um, either way, just to sum up this draft, I think it's a John Elway's gotten. Um, a lot better with his drafts over the last three years. These have to be his three best drafts, and this one is is the icing on the cake um, for the team that he is building. Um, Carter, do you have any any last minute thoughts? Um, I just want to thank you for having me on. Uh, it was a pleasure. I had a really good time just being able to talk some sports with you. Obviously, we're in a little bit of a drought of sports at the moment, and hopefully things can go back to normal soon because I'm missing sports of all kinds at the moment. I know that's the truth, man. We don't we all miss sports. It was really great to see some, um, to see to see some NFL draft coverage. It was really great to see. Um, did you see the WNBA draft was last week? Yes, I did. Um, I might have to get me a uh, Sabrina Ionescu um, jersey for the New York Liberty. Yeah, you might as well, I, man. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to get me a, a, a New York Liberty jersey. Um, but uh, Carter, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for taking the time out of your day and out of your entire weekend watching the draft, being a a, a stout Broncos fan. Really appreciate it, and I'm um, I'm really looking forward to the next time we're able to have you on. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure, uh, and hopefully, hopefully you can't have me on sometime soon. Definitely, let's make it happen. And keep growing out that mustache, man. I I'm trying you to bet. grow some facial hair too. You can't really see it, but I'm trying to grow it out also. A little you quarantine bet. beard. Uh, yeah that's my quarantine project right there <laughs> definitely man definitely thank you again i really appreciate it it was great having you on thank you that was carter bush everyone um you can follow carter on twitter at underscore carter bush again i i think this was a great draft and, and i really have have very minimal complaints from from me to to john elway and the rest of this broncos front office this has to be the best draft that John Elway and this front office has ever put together. Gosh, I'm so excited for this season. It is a great draft. Jerry Judy at 15. John Elway's patience. In John we trust, right? Isn't that the saying? Isn't that how it goes? This is the Game 7 podcast that you are listening to. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore Game 7. You can follow myself at Isaac underscore Bugarin. You can like us on Facebook, Game 7 Show, YouTube, Game 7 Show, uh, you can find this podcast on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts at. I am Isaac Bugarin. Will will be back hopefully sometime soon. Ho- hopefully he can watch the Michael Jordan uh, part two, uh, or night two, I guess, of the, the ESPN Films documentary. And we can talk about that on the next podcast tomorrow evening. Um, so until then, you know, let's, let's think about our Broncos. Let's all stay inside. Let's stay safe. Let's stay healthy. And uh, go Broncos. And, and if you're looking for a pet, as always, I want to encourage you to go check out the shelter first.
Thanks.